0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Crismire. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Crismire. An Italian priest has been excommunicated summarily after calling Pope Francis an anti-Pope usurper and describing him as a Jesuit Freemason linked to world powers, an anti-Pope usurper. In a video of his homily or preaching, which lasted more than 20 minutes, Guidetti, an Italian, refers to the Argentine Pope or Pontiff whose former name is George or Jorge Mario Borgoglio he referred to him simply as Mr. Borgoglio His excommunication came swiftly. The Bishop of Livorno, there in Italy issued a decree saying Guedetti had publicly committed an act of a schismatic nature and ordered him to be removed from the office of Paris priest. The bishop warned other priests not to participate in any of his celebrations or practices as that would incur the very serious penalty of excommunication. Gennady said he was proud to have been excommunicated, adding that it was a mark of pride to be out of this church which is now tyranny, he said. I'm calm, but astonished at the speed at which the guillotine came down. I will frame the decree, he said, and hang it on the wall. It will be something I will boast about. Francis was elected Pope after Benedict resigned in March of 2013. His papacy has even been embraced, as you know, by progressives and many battles with a deeply conservative faction of the Church, especially in Africa and in America who have been irked by the attention he has given to issues like social inequality, the climate crisis, and refugees. But in December, he approved a ruling allowing priests to bless unmarried and same-sex couples in a significant change of position for the Roman Catholic Church and radically contrary to the words of the Bible itself. So today on Viewpoint, we want to take a look at this Action That has taken place. It's reverberated already around the world. But why has it reverberated around the world? What significance does this excommunication of a small time priest in Italy have to do with the future of our world, your future, the future of America, and yes, even the future of the Roman Catholic Church? Today on Viewpoint, we're going to explore that, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. I know I say that every single day, but it is true, because every day, the ante is upped. The decision required by each of us is upped. The intensity is, uh, of, the, of the facts as they come through to us from around the world is building And as it is building, so is the necessity of the choices that we must make. Choices that determine destiny. So our viewpoint does determine destiny because it's our viewpoint that determines our choices. And that's precisely what has caused this Pope, excuse me, this uh, priest there in Italy to be excommunicated. Summarily, as if his head under the guillotine. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at, uh, first of all, what the Catholic Church believes uh, concerning the matter of Freemasonry historically. And we're going to take this from the Catholic News Agency itself. I have that in front of me. It's an article that came out on November seventeenth, two 2023. It came out because that we're a number of questions that were coming from the Philippines concerning Freemasonry. And so, the Vatican dicastery for the doctrine of the faith reaffirmed the long-standing position of the Catholic Church that be- that was beginning an active Freemason uh, constitute that beginning an active Freemason constitutes a grave sin. So to begin to be an active Freemason constitutes a grave sin, as stated by the Catholic News Agency. Active membership in Freemasonry as a member or the, uh, of the faithful is forbidden, said the letter, and the letter, believe it or not, was signed by Pope Francis and the Prefect Cardinal Victor Fernandez of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith in the Vatican. Now, this is setting the stage for the rest of the program here today, friends. You must listen to the entirety of the program, or you will miss the real emphasis of the program. You really will. So if you are listening now, and you must cease for whatever reason to listen for a period of time. I urge you to go back to the program this evening when it's on our website, save and pick it up again and listen to the entirety of the program. You not only deserve to hear that you must hear it because it is of great significance to you, to our world, to our congreg, to, to our churches to Protestant churches, and yes, indeed, to the future of the world from a biblical perspective. The first papal condemnation of Freemasonry came from Pope Clement the Twelfth in seventeen thirty-eight, but it was reiterated by numerous popes after the past three centuries, or over the past three centuries. The pronouncement was in Clement's papal bull titled. Eminenti. Pope Clement commented on the secrecy of Masonic lodges and the ho- what he called the host of grievous punishment, unquote, received when violating the oath of secrecy. And we'll share later on in the program the oath. In fact, there are a number of oaths for violating the secrecy, and they are not pretty. They're radically inconsistent with anything that a Christian would declare out of his mouth, and yet is required if you're going to be a Freemason. Pope Leo the greatly expanded on the Roman Catholic Church's teaching nearly 150 years later in his 1884 papal, or papal encyclical called *Humanum Genus*. The Encyclopaedia or encyclical, detailed why Freemasonry is irreconcilable with, with Catholicism and accused the Freemasons of planning the destruction of the Holy Church publicly and openly and holding to doctrines that contradict church teaching. Well, they talk about indifferentism. Indifferentism is shall we say, a euphemism for stating that all religions basically are good and right and that Freemasonry actually supports them all while claiming not to be a religion itself. So how does a professing true follower of Jesus Christ embrace Freemasonry? That's what we want to talk about for the balance of the program today. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. In my latest book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, are a series of chapters dealing with some of the great competitors, messianic competitors, for the the end-of-the-age governing of the world. Part four of the book is called The Globalist Messiah, beginning with these words, A global messiah will one day rule the world. That is the very nature of every messianic movement, religious, quasi-religious, or otherwise. The contestants are many and varied, but each seeks to be victorious. They do. Since the underlying yet often somewhat secret or unspoken goal is global, spiritual, and governmental leaders have realized that to achieve the ultimate objective of globalism, they must sacrifice some of their unique distinctives so as to join forces, so to speak, to maximize their messianic claims, thus collectively claiming the consummate prize of global dominion and power. It is therefore now the perceived moment in history right now to, in effect, rebuild the tower, the ancient Tower of Babel, in a global Babylon. The Messiah awaits man's best effort to replace him. Since nature abhors a vacuum, welcome to the birth of a new world order as the kings and priests of the planet prepare to vow bow to a false real messiah. Now, under that section, part four, are a series of chapters. One is called the United Nations Savior. Another the Scientific Salvation. Another, the Goddess Revile. Another, the Environmental Deification. And uh, another, the Evolutionary Christ. But then we get to chapter 18, called the Masonic Messiah. Now, perhaps you never thought of this before, but you're going to think of it today, because this is not a joke. This is history and prophecy merging right before our eyes, even this very day in the news coming from the Vatican. Here are my opening words in this chapter of the Masonic Messiah. Freemasonry is not free. In truth, to truly be a Freemason will demand your ultimate worship, a fact that is secretly kept from the new adept as he is progressively discipled through the ever-ascending degrees led by worshipful masters toward the ultimate unveiling of the glorious goal of the craft. The glorious goal of the craft? Yes. In other words, those who first come into Freemasonry have no clue about what it's really about. What they're really interested in is joining some sort of a brotherhood, some sort of a fraternity, and they think it's perfectly innocent. Maybe that's the reason why hundreds of Southern Baptist pastors have been Freemasons. Yes, it was a major issue in the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, Freemasonry. And yet it's supposed to have been and be a conservative evangelical denomination, purportedly holding fast to the foundations of the faith once delivered to the saints. How then were so many of the pastors seduced into Freemasonry? Well, because Freemasonry is very seductive. Why are men worldwide drawn into the receptive waiting arms of Freemasonry? The answer is very simple. Men want to belong to something they deem bigger than themselves. That craving to belong is both deeply engraved in our human souls and in history. And when that yearning for a sense of brotherhood is perceived to be wedded in some way to seemingly spiritual environment two essential needs are met. So in effect, the local and global gatherings of the members of the craft become a surrogate like a church or a synagogue to which one must ultimately pay his vows or suffer not only excommunication, but loss of life itself because of the oath that they take. So in other words, the membership in Freemasonry, in reality, becomes a quasi-spiritually bonded band of blood brothers committed without reserve to an ultimate cause, the truth and depth of which is cloaked in secrecy and mystery until, until the final unveiling. And that perhaps shocking truth of which we must uncover here on this program today and what is uncovered in my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It's the global messianic significance of Freemasonry. Now, what you need to know, what we all need to know, is that the secret fraternal men only order of free and accepted Masons is the largest worldwide secret society. It was spread by the advance of the British Empire, Currently, it esti- the estimates of worldwide membership are somewhere around 6 million. That's, those are estimates. But remember, it's a secret society. Now, we don't need to go into all the depths and details of the history of it, but Freemasonry is not a Christian institution in and of itself, even though it's often mistakenly taken for such. Freemasonry contains many of the elements of a religion. Its teachings enjoin morality and charity and obedience to the law of the land. The applicants for admission to Freemasonry are required to believe in the existence of a supreme being and the immortality of the soul. But, but, the only requirement, the only belief requirement is not that one must believe in the true and living god but rather than one must believe in the existence of a supreme being which includes any of the alleged gods of the world the gods of islam hinduism or any other religion so you can see why this would be a problem and the very process of joining The Lodge requires Christians to ignore the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but rather to embrace, in their own words, the great architect of the universe as opposed to the God of the Bible. So, that having been said, and all the the various symbols and so on and emblems uh, that are part of the practice of Freemasonry, lead us to this understanding. When a Christian takes the oath of Freemasonry, he is actually swearing to the following doctrines that God has actually pronounced false and sinful. So here they are. That salvation can be gained by man's good works, that Jesus is just one of many equally revered prophets, that they will remain silent in the lodge, that they are approaching the lodge in spiritual darkness when the Bible says Christians are already in the light, that by demanding that Christians or Jews take the Masonic oath, Masonry leads Christians and Jews into blasphemy, taking the name of the Lord in vain. Masonry makes Christians take a universal approach in their prayers, demanding a generic name to be used so as not to offend non-believers who are Messianic brothers. And by swearing the Messianic oath or Masonic oath and participating in the doctrines of the Lodge, Christians are perpetuating a false gospel under oath, committing to Masonry's plan of salvation to get to heaven. So, by their very membership in this syncretic type organization, they have severely compromised their witness as Christians. And in reality, they're entering into a blood oath as a Freemason a blood oath now I want to share with you uh, what one of these oaths is, it's a covenant with death it requires not only that the Mason believe and obey God, but that he obey without question the mandates of the superseding degrees in which he must place unswerving trust are you ready? Here's what he has to say. All this I most solemnly and sincerely promise and swear. With a firm and steadfast resolution to keep and perform the same without any equivocation, mental reservation, or secret evasion of mine, whatever, binding myself under a no less penalty than having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out by its roots, and buried in the rough sands of the sea at low water mark, where the tide ebbs and flows twice in the 24 hours, Having my breast torn open, my heart plucked out and given as a prey to the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, having my body severed in twain, my bowels taken from there and burned to ashes, and the ashes scattered to the four winds of heaven, that no trace or remembrance may be had of so vile and perjured a wretch as I, should I ever knowingly violate this my solemn obligation of an entered apprentice mason, fellow craft mason. So help me, God, and keep me in performance of the same. Well, it reminds me of the scriptures that says, uh, don't make oaths or vows lightly. Because better would be that you not vow than that you vow and not pay. Don't say before the angel it was a mistake or it was an error. No, you said it with your mouth, you meant it when you said it, and you're going to be held accordingly. And by the way, that's exactly how the Freemasons take that oath. Many have lost their lives by violating that oath. Not viola- they haven't lost their lives before God. They lost their lives before their so-called Freemason brothers who held them to the oath. Are you beginning to get the picture? So when the latest report is that an Italian priest has been struck off as anti-Pope usurper, he has been excommunicated because he revealed Pope Francis as an anti-Pope usurper and a Jesuit Freemason linked to world powers. You can see that if that is true, if there's any truth in that, there's something very, very significant here that we need to understand. Whether you be Protestant or Catholic, it doesn't matter. There's something very significant here to be understood. Now, let's make this even more understandable. As we go into the second half of the program today, a Vatican intelligence officer is confirming now that Pope Francis is a liberal Freemason. A Vatican intelligence officer has confirmed yesterday that Pope Francis is a liberal Freemason. Why would he be a liberal Freemason when he actually signed and wrote a document against Freemasonry and that it was outlawed by the Roman Catholic Church? Why would he do that? I'm going to answer that question for you. Hang on to your seatbelt, my friends. It goes to the Drawing seductive power of becoming a world government. It does. That's what it's all about. It's about the seductive draw of becoming the leader of a world government or a new world order. I hope you'll stay tuned. Now get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It not only deals has a lengthy chapter dealing with the messianic Messiah, uh, that has excuse me the uh, masonic Messiah, but uh, also has to do with many many other usurper type of Messiahs that are now all competing, preparing the way for the final battle between these competing messianic movements and Messiahs to usher in the final Pope replacement, Christ replacement, called the Antichrist, who will lead the new world order, lead the new world government, in total and complete opposition to Christ. Only when he is deposed by Christ himself will his rule come to an end, and that rather quickly. But before it comes to an end, the world will have all hell to pay for his accession to power. The book Messiah, it's a $22 book, yours for $20, on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org call us 1-800-SAVE-USA 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at $5 in postage and handling and we'll get the book Messiah in your hands. We'll be right back.
1: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage Divorce and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org.
0: It's all coming from Argentina, friends. The revelation concerning Pope Francis and his uh, Masonic allegiance, secret Masonic allegiance, is coming from Argentina. Yesterday another shocking article came by Brother Alexis Bugnolo, a Franciscan who appeared on the blog of Rene Henry Gracida, the former bishop of the Diocese of Corpus Christi in Texas. The article brings new groundbreaking evidence about Pope Francis alleged Masonic membership that originally surfaced on Robert Garcia's TV program called La Morada which aired on November 27th 2017 on Channel 26 in Argentina. The astonishing claim was made by liberal freemason Juan Bautista Joffre, who is an Argentine journalist and writer and a former politician and journalist who was the Argentine Secretary of Intelligence from 1989 to 1990. He said, I want to add that a few months ago I also received, courtesy of my friend, the famous researcher and author Jordan Maxwell, a photo of the Masonic initiation into liberal Freemasonry of Cardinal Angelo Giuseppe Roncalli, the future Pope John Twenty Third who some say was the first Masonic Pope. Evidence about the membership in irregular Freemasonry of the successor of Pope Roncalli, Pope uh, Paul VI, was also published uh, in the book Confessions of an Illuminati. In the document in question, Pope Paul VI, born Giovanni Battista Enrico Antonio Maria Montina, makes a special dedication to the late 33rd degree Mason Roberto uh, Calderolo, addressing him in a typical Masonic style, using the three dots that are often found in Masonic language. Here is the entire article by Bugnolo, followed by a commentary by Bishop René Henrique Rosita, that proves beyond any doubt that Pope Francis is an irregular Freemason, keeping in mind that both Brother Bugnolo and Bishop Gracida are not knowledgeable of the difference between regular and irregular Freemasons. So here it is. In an intercepted phone call, one of many which were captured during the corruption investigation in Argentina over foreign influence from Iran The head Vatican intelligence officer in Argentina affirmed that he and his boss, George or Jorge Mario Bergoglio, were indeed members of the Masonic Lodge. Now, by the way, that is the Pope, Pope Francis. The explosive revelations were made by Roberto Garcia's TV program, La Morada, which aired November 27, 2017, on Channel 26 in Argentina. In the video, a 27-minute video, uh, video, features the guest Ed, Edgar Mainhard of Urgente 24 and the man who speaks about Gregorio, Juan Batista Yolfré, who was state intelligence secretary in Argentina between 1989 and 1990 and was the ambassador of Argentina concurrently to both Portugal and Panama during the government of Carlos Menem. In the interview, Roberto asked Tata to discuss the unpresentables of Argentina that surround the Pope. Tata recounts a phone call that he had that had been aired during a time of negotiations with Iran and that such phone calls had been aired on national television. In one phone call between Youssef and Karim, which had come out in the outlet La Nacion, but later disappeared, Tana says during the call, Youssef tells Karim about his encounter with Bergoglio's Vatican chief intelligence in Argentina. Tana made a parenthesis to emphasize that Bergoglio indeed had a Vatican chief of intelligence there in Argentina, that he knew him personally, but did not mention the name. Tata continues recounting that on the phone call, Bergoglio's Vatican chief of intelligence told Yusuf that he, the chief, was a Mason, and so was Bergoglio. This was on La Nacion, and you have you could have listened to it yourselves. I listened to it because I had to give it credit. Now the penalty for becoming a member of the Masonic Lodge, according to canonical implications of the Roman Catholic Church, is excommunication. So you can see there's a problem here. Why, if this is indeed true, why would Pope Francis secretly be a Freemason? According to this article, Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict XVI, had no doubt had testimonies that Bergoglio was a Freemason. It follows that as a pope, if he was demanded to resign the papacy so that Bergoglio might succeed him, he would have had the most grave obligation to dissimulate so that while appearing to renounce, he would deprive Bergoglio of the Petrine Munis by renouncing something else, as I surmised in my previous article. In other words, it appears to me that because uh Benedict XVI resigned. It put the papacy in a bind if indeed he knew that Bergoglio, now Pope Francis, was indeed a Freemason. Behind the scenes, we have something very, very dangerous here. And I'm going to share with you why it is so dangerous. First of all, before we go into that, I want to give you some further information concerning, from experts concerning the matter of Freemasonry from my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, the chapter called The Masonic Messiah. A fellow by the name of Stearns, a commentator on... Masonic history in his book Stearns on Masonry referenced another fellow Preston who is a revered Masonic historian and commentator. Here's what he said. The universal principles of the art that is uh, Masonry unite in one indissoluble bond of affection, men of the most opposite tenets, of the most distant countries and of the most contradictory opinions. It is clear, then, that Masons are to embrace the prevalent religion, whatever it may be, and accept whatever is claimed in any country they may reside to be the law and will of God. Now, this is telling us, friends, why Pope Francis can justify giving Xi Jinping, the communist leader of Red China, authority over the selection of Roman Catholic bishops in China. Because if indeed he's a Freemason, he must give Chinese leadership the same power and authority that he would give any other country or leader as being the law and will of God. And at the same time, Freemasonry itself claims to save its disciples and to conduct them to heaven. Charles Finney. My father wrote his dissertation on Charles Finney, and uh, he's a very famous fellow back in the 1800s in America, part of the second uh, spiritual awakening in America. He was a former Mason, and he wrote passionately of what he perceived as the despotic and massively deceptive depths of Freemasonry. He says, We have an institution, the ramifications of which are intertwining themselves with every fiber of our government and our institutions, our civil and religious liberties of which the whole country is so much afraid that they dare not speak the truth concerning it. It should be considered that Masonry is an institution of vast, Proportions and of such nature that it will not allow its principles to be discussed. It works in the dark. Yet, Masonry concla- claims that it is the light. It purports to be the light that dispels the darkness. So that when you become a Freemason, you actually are carrying the light very much like the so-called period of the Enlightenment, you'll recall. In fact, Freemasonry arose largely during the early days of the Enlightenment in Europe. So are professing Christians who take the Masonic oaths permitting themselves to be deceived? In alleged pursuit of light, are they actually enveloping themselves progressively in blinding darkness? It's very much like the link between Masonry and the Illuminati back in the 1700s. In fact, in Albert Mackey's Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, Weishaupt of the Illuminati connected the Order of the Illuminati with the Masonic Institution, after whose system of degrees of esoteric instruction and of secret modes of recognition it was organized. Now, from here, we move toward a further discussion of why Pope Francis may very well be, if he is a Freemason, which he has hidden, which would otherwise have caused him to be excommunicated from the Roman Catholic Church and make him ineligible for the papacy, may be the very engine that propels him to greater power.
1: Have you ever considered what the early church was like?
0: We're also picking up on the revelation that has come out and spread around the world this very day that Pope Francis has excommunicated a priest in Italy who claims publicly that Pope Francis is both anti-Pope and a Freemason who has given himself to world powers. If you're just tuning in, you need to understand that there is a greater picture here, and I urge you to go to our program on the website, saveus.org, if you're not able to listen to the entire program. You need to understand the entire context, otherwise, you may misinterpret or misunderstand what is being said and why. When we do programs here on Viewpoint, they are not soundbite programs. Have you noticed? We don't do soundbite programs. We don't give you six minutes of this and six minutes of that and six minutes of the other. No, we're seriously focusing on truth and its implications for your life, for my life, and for our world. So let's talk about the Luciferian Enlightenment. Albert Pike was a revered 33-degree mason. He was an adamant Luciferian. Now, what does Lucifer mean? The word Lucifer means light-bearer. Light-bearer. So when Satan originally was the worship leader in heaven, he was called Lucifer, a light-bearer, and he thought himself to be equal with God and decided to rebel against God's authority because of how great he was. Albert Pike, consummate 33-degree Mason, said, Lucifer, he refused to believe that Satan and Lucifer were the same personality. Satan, he says, is the figment of the imagination of Christians. Lucifer, he said, is God. And unfortunately, Adonai, the God of the Bible, is also God. So the absolute can only exist as two gods. Thus said Albert Pike, the head of Freemasonry, the true and pure philosophic religion is the belief in Lucifer as the equal of Adonai, but Lucifer, god of light and god of good, is struggling with humanity against Adonai, the god of darkness and evil. So, Albert Pike heading up masonry, the preeminent general Albert Pike declares that the God that we claim to serve as Christians is actually the God of darkness and evil, and that Lucifer is, in fact, the real God. So he says in his book, Morals and Dogma, given to every third-degree Mason, the true light of the world is Lucifer. That's a quote. Rebuilt American Freemasonry came on the principal doctrine that Freemasonry's great architect of the universe is actually the fallen angel Lucifer. Now in 1959, Freemasonry published its new age magazine to declare victory over parents, and Christian parents in America and the world. In that magazine, and I quote, we proclaim that this Masonic philosophy, which has brought forth a new order, has become a reality by the establishment of the public school system financed by the state. In other words, going back to John Dewey, the founder of public education in this country. It was the Luciferian Albert Pike, who in October of 1885 envisioned the ultimate trajectory of Freemason truth in virtual combat with evangelical Christianity. So he presented his plan for Freemasonry's triumph over the precepts of the Christian faith and its vision of a common Messiah as both Prince of Peace and Righteous Judge. He said, the Mason's view must be imposed, this is a quote, must be imposed upon the family, the nation, and on all humanity. By every means, whatever they may be, one must impose first on the family, then on the nation, in order to achieve the aim of imposing on humanity. What is it that they want to impose on humanity? Well, it's Freemasonry, the worship of Lucifer. So divine identity is in a Luciferian crisis. If as Masonry holds, Lucifer is the God of light and of good, and Adonai, the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God of Evil, then by Freemasonry's doctrine, one must necessarily pursue Lucifer as the ultimate savior and messianic figure. So Lucifer says, I will be like the Most High, and that's exactly where ultimate Freemasonry goes. Then comes the Royal Arch Mason to be confirmed as a candidate, and when asked if he is a Royal Arch Mason. He is required to affirm with these words, I am that I am. The very words which God said in the book of Genesis, Exodus to, to uh, Moses would be his eternal name. In other words, you are declaring that as a follower of, free, uh, of Freemasonry, you are embracing the Luciferian dogma Declaring your own messiahship, I am that I am. Now, I want you to think about this. Pope Francis is seeking and has been seeking since the moment he was, what should we say, chosen, anointed, declared, whatever the term might be, as. Pope Francis, he has been doing whatever he could do to undermine both biblical authority and the Roman Catholic Church authority in order to conform it to Masonic principles and authority. That's what he's been doing. But why has he been doing that? Here's my reason. He sees, as the papacy has been declared for decades, if not centuries, declared to be the ruler of the world. The papacy, the pope, declared to be the ruler of the world, including the ruler of all, not only professing Christians or professing Roman Catholics, but all secular governments. As the vicar of Christ, the Pope sees himself as Christ and therefore has the authority of Christ to disagree with the very words of Christ including opposition to the practice of homosexuality. That's the most blatant yet. You can now see the trajectory, friends. What this Pope is doing is seeking to ingratiate himself and the Roman Catholic Church under his papal wings. Ingratiate himself to the broadest elements of the world, be they Christian or otherwise, it doesn't matter. Because if you're a Freemason, you have to believe that all of these various faiths, all of them are co-equal. So therefore your goal becomes to unite them all in one great effort to become the peacemaker of the world. Are you beginning to get the picture now? This is the formation from the religious angle of the final building of a one-world government, a Western one-world government, let's put it that way. And by implications, the hope is a whole-world government. That's where it's heading. This is the, shall we say, the practical trajectory of history and prophecy that is revealing now how the book of Revelation describes in chapter 17 how the woman, the whore of Babylon, will ride the beast. In other words, this religious power will prostitute its truth and its power under God to achieve alter, ulterior, the ultimate ulterior motive of ruling over the souls of men as a uh, Luciferian power. And Satan will have gained... Exactly what he said he would do. I will be like the Most High God. I will ascend to the heights of the north. So the papacy has already declared its intention not to rule the world from the Vatican, but from Jerusalem. Perhaps you have not read my book concerning King of the Mountain. Sorry, I had a senior moment there. King of the Mountain. It displays the great panoply of history as the powers and nations of the world are inexorably moving toward the fulfillment of that which God said was going to take place and how Satan himself declared, I will be like the Most High God, I will ascend to the Temple Mount. I will rule and reign. I will sit in the Temple and declare myself the Vicar of God. Are you beginning to see the picture? I hope you are. Now, if you happen to have been raised in the Roman Catholic Church, I can well understand how this might come as a very uh, painful assault, so to speak, but we're not talking about you. We're talking about something much bigger than you. We're talking about a system on this planet that is radically contrary to the word, will, and ways of the Lord and is moving in a trajectory to fulfill those contrary intentions. And we see now, if indeed this Pope is a Luciferian, that is, a Freemason, we can well understand how all of these things now are linked together. Again, you might want to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. $20, dollars will put it in your hands. It's a $22 book. Uh, It's on our website, saveus.org. If you don't have the book, King of the Mountain, you need to get that, too, because it would come before this book to help understand the greater panoply of the situation. That would be yours for $15. If you get both of the books together, it'll only be uh, $7 postage and handling for the two books combined, otherwise $5 per book. Go to the website, saveus.org, write to us, call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, become a partner, friends. These are challenging times. We're just right at the beginning of the year. What do you think is going to happen from here? Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.